It's Monica here. And before we dive into today's interview, I am just going to take a minute here to ask a special request of you. I don't often ask for reviews on my podcast. I prefer to dive into the discussion, but I still have to be honest with you and tell you that those reviews and ratings really matter for us podcasters. Having higher ratings, having more reviews helps the podcast get noticed by others within the iTunes and Apple podcast algorithm, which is where most people listen. And it also shows people who are interested in investing into the podcast know that it is worth doing so. Now, for two years plus, I have spent, I don't even know how many hours preparing this podcast. It is something I love to do and I am passionate about doing so. But I've been really clear from the beginning that I also want it to become something more as a way to contribute to my family financially. And that needs to start happening this year in order for the podcast to continue. Um, As much as I adore doing this and hope to do it forever, it's that fork in the road for me is coming up this coming year. If you have been influenced for good by this podcast in any way, take less than five minutes, it should be way less than that, and get on iTunes on your computer or on the purple app on your iPhone if you have one and leave me a five-star rating and a review, and I'd be so grateful for that. And in return, I'm going to give something to you. Once we reach 500 reviews, I have two About Progress gift bags that are worth over $100. And I'm going to give those away to two people who have left reviews anytime the last two plus years. So if you've already done so, you are already submitted to this. For those who keep listening to this podcast, sharing it, and for those especially who have left ratings and reviews, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you very much. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I am here to teach you how to take back your life and dare to progress towards bettering yourself, honing your gifts, and using them for good in the world. Listen in to be inspired by others who are walking the same path of self-improvement paired with self-love, and to be a part of a community that knows life is about progress, not perfection. I definitely love to think, and I also hate to think, (laughs) meaning I am one of those people that my thoughts love to take a life of their own. I get in my head super easily without even realizing I'm doing it. I have that runaway train of a brain. Do you too? Now, this is something I have worked on for years but it is still something I want to learn more about. How can I slow down my thoughts? How do I work on changing them? We talk so much about the power of thoughts and mindset, but if you're like me and you have a hard brain this way, which I think is most of us, it can be tricky to learn how to do it. My guest today, Nancy Jane Smith, is a counselor who specializes in helping women with anxiety. And a big part of that is your thoughts. It's actually everything. Now, what Nancy taught me today, honestly, is new to me. Now, despite reading lots of books, going to lots of therapy, doing some amazing life coaching, 
with a lot of thought and mindset uh, direction, I learned so much from Nancy. She was able to deliver this material in ways I had never really thought about. And I'll give you a little spoiler here. One of the ways Nancy says we begin by working on our thoughts is paying attention to our feelings. She really explains this a lot more and I, I don't know, it just changed everything for me and I know it will for you too. Now a quick warning here, there were some glitches at the beginning and it about kills me when this happens because you just don't know they're happening until the recording's all done. I did my best to clean it up, but just bear with us for those first few minutes. It does get better and you have to stick around because Nancy is really going to change things for you. All right, let's turn to my time now with Nancy Jane Smith. Nancy, it would be great if you could give my listeners an introduction. Tell us about you. Sure. Well, um, my name is Nancy and I am a licensed professional counselor. I'm based out of Columbus, Ohio, and I live here with my husband and we don't have any kids. We just have furry animals. There's no such <laughs> and, thing as just uh, my- there. That's a lot. <laughs> But my specialty is working with anxiety, and I used to say women with anxiety, but I've been getting more and more men um, dealing with that. And my specialty under anxiety is is really how we talk to ourselves and that inner voice that's so critical. And that tends to be, my theory is that's where we get a lot of our anxiety from. Mm, Okay. And I know you've written some books too. Tell us about that. So I've written some books. I've, the most recent book I wrote is specifically on this topic of inner critic, and it's called The Happier Approach. And I really dive into what it means to be kind to ourselves, because I think a lot of us, I know I believed for a long time that the only way I was going to accomplish anything was if I was driving myself all the time. And that driving voice was kind of nasty. And so I had to reconcile, how can I be nice to myself and still accomplish stuff? And so that's what the book kind of dives into. Oh, love that. Okay. Most of my listeners are women and I've been doing some studies with them. I guess I've been asking them to answer some questions I have so I can get to know them better and what their needs are. And top of the list really is anxiety. So many women suffer from it, especially. Mm-hmm. And although I do have male listeners too, and I know they do as well, but it's something that we are being a little bit more open about these days about, oh, I, I get anxious or I have anxiety, but it's still tricky to navigate how to actually work around it or work with anxiety. And I, I know that everything has yeah. to do with your thoughts. Like I know that. But it's really Mm -hmm. hard to start practicing that when you've had a (laughs) lifetime of building up all these different synapses in your brain uh, that are way different than what what will help anxiety. So let's talk about what this inner voice thing is. And maybe you can tie into your own story here. (laughs) Like, how did you learn this was important that you had to start with your thoughts? And why is that so necessary? Well, it was, it, the interesting thing is that, um, so for years I taught about the inner critic and how to, how to conquer your inner critic. And I call the inner critic a monger because the definition of a monger is something that spreads propaganda. And so that voice in our head is, is spreading propaganda, but the, but the, I always believe the voice is there to keep us safe. 
her mission is is a good one. It's to keep us safe. It's her way of going about it, which is using shaming and belittling that is the problem. So we, she believes that we should be, she wants, she talks at us to keep us from getting too vulnerable, oversharing with anyone or being too successful because all of that requires risk. Mm. So that inner monger is constantly chatting there. And I would used to teach classes about this and I would work with clients on it and we would draw the monger and they'd really get to know their monger. And I had a class that I was teaching and a friend of mine came up to me afterward and said, I love this stuff. This is great. So helpful. I'm never getting rid of my monger because if I get rid of my monger, I won't get anything done and I'll just be sitting on the couch all day doing nothing. Like I need that voice. And we were kind of mm. laughing about it, you know, and yeah. joking around. But afterward, I was like, oh, that's kind of my belief, too. Like, I think I need this voice. Like, I have a secret love affair with this monger. <laughs> like, I hate how she talks to me, but I really like how she motivates me. Mm, and so okay. that coincided, having that belief coincided with my dad getting sick. And I was spending more time with him and he has had such a powerful monger and it was so loud and he was such a successful person by society standards and by, uh, you know, a daughter's standards, but he thought he was a failure. Like to the day he died, he thought he, his monger won to the day he died. Mm. And I was like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not repeating this for in my generation and I need to figure this stuff out. And so I really started diving into it and looking at how the monger talks to me. And I came up with, with some other voices that I'll talk about in a minute. But the thing I discovered that really shifted it for me was it wasn't so much how we think it's that we're not feeling our feelings. Okay. And that to me became the crux Mm-hmm. So then I'll let you take it from there. Okay, yeah, I do want to go into that. And I just wanted to highlight, I think some people's mongers push them to do everything they can to be successful. And other people's mongers uh-huh. try to, like like you said, try to keep them away from risk and trying. Like a lot of people yes. that listen to my show are like, oh, I'm not really a perfectionist because I don't try anything. Or I'm so lazy. Like they say those kind of things to discredit that they're not good enough to be considered a perfectionist. I'm like, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you are. <laughs> and it's because right, I was something... say, that's a definition. <laughs> yes. That someone is, I just wanted to highlight. It's the same. The root is the same. This voice that is trying to make you prove you're good enough. And I, okay, now let's talk yes. about how that relates to feelings then. So maybe the first step in being able to stop this monger or at least shift this monger to another voice is paying attention to feelings. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So the first step I have in acknowledging the mo- is acknowledging your feelings. And the reason that was so radical for me <laughs> was, you know, I, I joke that I think I got into therapy so I could figure out how not to feel my feelings. Like mm. I just wanted to stay, I just wanted to rationalize everything and figure everything out. Yeah. And so I would just power through, you know, I call it suck it up, soldier on, we got to keep going. You know, we're going to think positive and be grateful and just go, go, go. And I would never stop to be like, what's really what am I really feeling here? I would feel anxious and stressed. So here's an example. I have a test coming up. Uh, I'm having a 
scan on Tuesday. Mm. And yesterday I was super anxious and feeling, you know, was just kind of wired all day. And I said to my husband, I'm super anxious. And in the past, I would have been like, why are you anxious? What's going on? Is this valid? Should you be feeling anxious? Let's really dive into all the things that are going on and pull them all apart and look at all of them and decide Then my monger would decide, well, that's stupid to be feeling that way. It's not valid. You don't have an, you should be grateful. Get out of your own way. What are you doing? But instead I just pause and I call it the 90 seconds. It takes 90 seconds to biologically feel a feeling. Oh, wow. And okay. I, it's a and Jill Bolt Taylor. Jill Bolt Taylor is a neurobiologist or I'm neuroanatomist, I think is what she is. And she came up with this. She discovered this 90 seconds. And so I'll literally give my clients a, a sand timer and tell them to turn it over. And, and so I was just in the car and I was like, yeah, what am I feeling? I'm feeling scared. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling stressed. And I just start labeling them and kind of feeling them in my stomach. And I, when I give myself permission to feel it in 90 seconds, it goes through and I can keep going through the day without that constantly trying to talk myself down. Wow. All right. That is already feeling revolutionary to me. Um, it feels like (laughs) you're the monger the reason it doesn't like you to feel your feelings, it just wants you to run away from them or do numbing behaviors or distract yourself is because feelings are risky. Is that what you would yes. say? Okay. That's what I would say. Yes. So yeah. there's power. And feelings and... really. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Because feelings allow us to get to know ourselves better. And okay. when we're feeling something, that's taking us inwards. And the monger likes us to stay focused out. What are they telling us I should do? How am I going to measure up? What's the next goal? Everything is outward measured. And when we, the, the key to reducing anxiety is the more we can just trust our own voice and our own wisdom and cut out all that clutter. And it starts with acknowledging what's really going on with me. And wow. not trying to talk ourselves down from it all the time. Because that's what I found my doing mm. and my clients doing. I should be happy. I shouldn't be feeling this way. This isn't appropriate. It doesn't matter. It's feeling. You're, it's there. So allow it to happen and then move on. And you know what's interesting? Those feelings have a really good way of still coming out some way or another if we are trying yes. to ignore it or numb it or distract from it or change it without really processing it, I feel like it still comes out and it still controls and maybe in other ways. So we might as well just deal with this and let it be. Yes, absolutely. And that the thing is, you know, another example from my own life this morning, I was driving into work and um, for some reason, Saturday mornings are hard for me getting going. And I, I miss my dad a lot on Saturday mornings. And so as I was driving to work, I was listening to a sad song and I started crying. And in the past, I would have been like, no, you're going to go to work. You can't be crying. There's, ah, you know, it would have been a major trauma that I was crying. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, you have 10 minutes before you have to be at work. Like just let it out. It'll, it'll dissipate in a couple minutes and then you can pull yourself together and, you know, redo the mascara and off you go. Mm. So that is an example of how they they move like waves in and out really much faster than we give them credit for. Yeah, if we let them. That's the key. If we let them, yes. Okay. 
let's take a little break here. I'm going to read you an excerpt from an email and I'll explain what that excerpt is after. It says, my brain is going crazy. It's activating a lot of thoughts and ideas about what I want to do now. Everything you shared with me was eye-opening and exactly what I needed to hear. So thank you. This was an email from a brand new client after our first session together in the progress program. And it's the feedback I'm getting from these women who are participating. If you're not familiar with my progress program, it is small group growth coaching for women who want to make real progress in their lives again, who are ready to find themselves again and to discover their gifts and work on knowing who they really, really are. My doors for acceptance into the progress program for the new year are now open. There are just a few spots, and I really mean that because these groups are so small. If you're ready to take your life to the next level and to do it alongside someone who has been there and is ready to hold your hand through it all, you can apply by going to my website aboutprogress.com, click on progress program, and you'll be able to read all about it and submit your application. If you have any questions, just email me or direct message me and we'll chat. I hope to see you there. Let's get back to my interview with Nancy. So for someone like me, and I want to talk about the other voices, like once we start processing the emotions, what the next steps are, but it seems like someone like me who has that runaway brain or runaway train of a brain rather, um, that might be a good place to start is not necessarily paying attention to like, what are the thoughts in my head? Although I do think that's important. It's more recognizing first how they're coming across in the feelings, um, that I'm trying to ignore or stuff down, um, that seems that that's like even easier of a step than trying to notice the thoughts. Right. And cause a lot of times the, the common wisdom is, okay, if you're, if you notice your mind is racing, slow yourself down and take a breath. And for me and my clients, like that's like, I'd rather shoot myself in the head than slow <laughs> down when I'm that revved up, you know, like mm-hmm. it's just not, <laughs> it's just not it. in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. So acknowledging your feeling is still a mental practice because I have to go, what am I feeling? And I can, so I'm still kind of in my head figuring out what I'm feeling. But in that process, it kind of sneakily gets me into my body. Yeah. Okay. Because when I say, oh, I'm feeling sad, then poof, I'm in my body and I'm feeling sad. And that works so much better for me than saying, oh, take a breath. Because mm-hmm. then I just want to you know, every time my husband is like, you should take a breath. I just want to smack him. You know, like he means it nicely, but it just isn't where my brain is at the time. Wow. Okay. This is a very timely conversation. Super timely for me because I've been (laughs) dealing with like yesterday, I think I took a hundred deep breaths, but I was also trying Mm -hmm. to not feel whatever I was feeling. You know, I was taking a breath to Mm -hmm. try to move past it. And I'm realizing now that's why I had to keep taking deep breaths because I wasn't really right. <laughs> feeling it. Okay, Nancy, you've taught me a lot already. How about we go on to the next thing? Like, what's another, where can we go from there once you're able to acknowledge the emotions? What's next? So then the next thing is to slow down. Then it is slow down and get into your body. So okay. the, the acronym I have is called is ASK. So A is acknowledge your feeling. S is slow down and get into your body. And that can be take a breath. I like doing something like I like wiggling my whole body or Ooh. dancing or 
you know, I like to do stuff that's more, more than take a deep breath. Like it's more physical. I'll bend over, touch my toes. I'll um, reach for the sky. Something that is my whole body moving that reminds me I have a body because <laughs> yeah. we get so stuck in our heads. We forget, oh yeah, there's this whole thing and there are my toes and oh, I feel so good on my back when I bend over and stretch. And that kind of just re changes everything for a second to allow a shift to happen. Wow. And, and then the last thing in K is to kindly pull back to see the big picture. Okay. And, and I'm going to get into the, I, I'll pause there because I want to get into the characters to talk about that last piece, but that's my sneaky way to, to do the slow down and get into your body. Okay. So what was the K is I'm like writing this all down. Kindly. Kindly. Okay. K is kindly, kindly pull back to see the big picture. Love that. Okay. I think my most common reaction to everything you've said so far is wow. Like I've, <laughs> I have, I have talked to a lot of people. I've read a lot of books, but I've already feel like you are teaching me things. I, that are so, it's so simple, but it's so revolutionary. And I love that even just, it can't, it doesn't have to be necessarily slowing down. It's like moving your body in a different way. That's really cool. Um, okay, Nancy, T take us into these uh, inner voices and how that can relate to kindly pulling back. Okay, so what I found is a lot of times when you talk about the monger, the next voice people say, okay, then you listen. need to listen to your wise inner voice or your wise, you know, the wise woman or however they phrase it. And um, I always struggled with that because I could never figure, I could never hear that voice first off. You know, a lot of my clients would be like, I don't think I have that voice. Mm. And... and and that voice always would be, so people would say, oh, it's the voice of self-compassion, which again, I don't know what that means. I couldn't figure it out. And so I came up with the second character is the BFF. Mm -hmm. And your BFF is my version of false self-compassion. And that is the, um, so all week long, you know, your mom hunger is just hammering you. And so then you're like, I'm going to go out with friends tonight and we're just going to let loose or I'm going to eat the whole bag of Oreos because I deserve it because it's been a really crappy day. Mm -hmm. That's the BFF. So she, she gives kind of a, um, she relieves the pressure of the monger, but she's not really serving you in how she's doing that. And I think a lot of us get stuck in that version of self-compassion and we just go back and forth between those two voices in this kind of debate of do it, don't do it, right and wrong, good and bad. It's kind of the traditional, you know, devil and God combo. And uh, that is that keeps us really stuck in anxiety. I call that the dance of anxiety when we're dancing between those two. Mm. Um, the characters created, they're illustrated in the book. And when I the illustrators asked me, who are the who are the movie people who would be the actors you would think of that make these characters. So the monger was Karen from Will and Grace. Okay. <laughs> and because she's always like, beep, 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 yes. and the constant chatter uh, and the BFF is Amy constantly chattering. The BFF is Amy Schumer. So like just okay. up for anything, totally fun, but not always super responsible. Mm. That's the third that's the second character and that character is usually missing from work around inner critic and, and so then the third character is i call that character the biggest fan and the biggest fan is the voice of wisdom and kindness 
And so she doesn't necessarily give you a free pass, but she lets you do stuff that she encourages you to do stuff that will be, that'll make you better. That'll be good for you. So, you know, maybe it is sitting on the couch, eating the box of Oreos. Maybe that's what you need, or maybe it's to go take a walk around the block, Hmm. but she can help you kind of discern that what's best for you. And that's the biggest fan. And so I think of the biggest fan, you know, I was talking about this with a friend of mine at a, at a uh, Bible study they had, and it was really fascinating. Someone was saying, oh, I think that's God. I think the biggest fan is God. And somebody said, no, because, you know, God loves you no matter what. And I said, yeah, God loves you no matter what. But God will say, ah, I don't think that's a good, you know, let's not go lying. Let's not go doing that. Let's (laughs) go, you know, we're going to do stuff that's for, you know, it's going to make you feel better. So there's rules and stuff in the biggest fan world, but it's, it's kindness and wisdom. So I could talk about this all day, as you can tell, I get so excited talking. about. No, it's all it's also brilliant. So what I think what I see happening oftentimes is when someone's trying to work on these thoughts, they can often launch into the BFF uh, position, just thinking like, Hmm? it's more of like they're thinking they're they're using the uh, biggest fan person but what they're really doing is using someone who's going to enable behavior or enable them being yes. a victim or not trying but i feel like the difference there is the biggest fan is not going to let you fall into that trap of victimhood and not going to enable you yes so it loves you enough to help you see where you do need to be challenged and where you do need to step up in your life, but it, it will love you enough to support you through that better. Yes, absolutely. Whereas the monger wants to push you as well, but she's going to use shaming and belittling to motivate you. The the biggest fan is going to use kindness and compassion to motivate you. Okay. That definitely seems like it's just so interesting. It's still motivating you, but it's for a way different reason. How can someone start to move past the monger and past the BFF into the biggest fan? So that's why I have, I mean, that's why I have the, I, I call it ask the, um, mm-hmm. abbreviation I was talking about because I'm, you're asking to hear from the biggest fan. Oh, so I say that to when I hear the monger, then I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta ask to hear from the biggest fan. So I'm going to acknowledge what I'm feeling, slow down and get to my body. And then I'm going to kindly pull back to see the big picture because our monger gets us stuck in black and white. There's a, there's a right and wrong always. It is consistently always, it's like our monger puts, um, blinders on us and it, it we can only see two ways the right way and the wrong way and the biggest fan can see lots of options there's a lot of ways to go about this problem it's not just one way or the other and so that's why i say kindly pull back to see the big picture because you can look at where's the gray here where are there other options maybe there's a baby step i can take or maybe there's something um you know, I can change just a little thing about this. It doesn't have to be so huge. And that is a way to do that. And also another tip I have is using the word and. That's a big one that I use with my clients. So I am, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm nervous about this test I'm going to have on Tuesday. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this weekend and I have all these fun things that we have planned for, for this weekend. So I've built in some stuff 
but I'm also going to be holding my fear for this, you know, test as well. So I can be holding both of those, even though they're opposed to each other at the same time. And that's something the biggest fan does really well. She holds both things. I can be sad about my dad and I could go in and have a great meeting with clients as well. Oh, that's brilliant. One of the workshops I did recently, I was talking to one of the participants I know personally, and she had a big loss in her family. And she, when we were talking about how important it is to work on your mindset, a lot of people mistaken that to think that they can't have negative feelings or that they have to change that. And what I love is you're telling us that you can have both, but it's from such a different place of compassion and serving you in a way Mm -hmm. that's actually going to help you through it rather than Mm -hmm. um, hold you back. Yeah, because I think it was actually a guest because there was it was a guest on your podcast. I couldn't tell you which one because I've listened to so many of them recently. But That's you guys crazy. were talking about choosing happy. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about choosing happy, and she said, you know, it's that I don't mean that in a negative way. Like you can't be thinking any negative, you know, you can't have any negative feelings. I just mean like look at it. Where can I see the happy here? And I that's what I'm saying with the biggest fan like it is that it's a nuanced way of doing it instead of being like oh you know I can't be sad I have to be happy no I'm gonna hold the sadness and choose the happiness in my life too because they're both there okay and that's what I like about the biggest fan pulling back is helping you see both I I think the um, monger loves drama and it likes to hide yes. the drama by simplifying it. So, yes. you know, even in our, our own life, like I just announced a big program that I'm doing. So my monger is telling me that it's an either or, like tons of drama. Either my, this all sells out or it's a total failure. Um, yes. You know, yes. <laughs> or and instead what I can do is pull back and take the drama out of it and simplify it. Mm-hmm. And and just give myself that room that it's not an either or here. Either I get, you know, a few people who want to do it and I can still do it with them or I can de- decide to delay or we or I mean, there's just more nuance is what I'm, I'm, I'm able to adopt is being able to see that and that it's OK. It's not a black and white yes. dramatic thing. It can be simple and there are more. It's weird. It's like there's more there's more options. It's there's more nuance, but it's also a lot more simple. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Nancy, this has already been so, so helpful. I think we could talk for a couple hours about this. We might have totally. to have you back on. Um, <laughs> what I'd like to end, though, is, you know, you've been through this yourself and you've learned a lot. You teach women about this. You've written books on it. You have a podcast that is help- helping people called Happiness Hacks. And I'll link to all of that. Um, what can you share about how what you've learned about yourself the past few years that people can know just so they can see what it is we're working towards, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, cause this was a, this is a tough question, it I, is. which yeah. it shouldn't be cause I've, you know, to pick like, what have you learned? Um, but I, my obvious answer is I would say I've learned a lot about feelings and that has really dramatically shifted everything for me is, is not spending so much time running from them, but really embracing them. And, and how that has really helped me is not only just with anxiety, but the first thing that popped into my head when you asked that question was, was I have learned the power of family. And I think because I'm able to do, 
I'm able to feel my feelings more, then that allows me to have more vulnerability, which allows me to have better connections with the people in my life. And, and when I say family, you know, recognizing who are the friends who are family as well as my bloodline family and doing more to keep those relationships going and staying connected with my family. So that's a strange question. I mean, strange answer, I think, but it's great. That relationship piece has been huge for me in the past few years. I've, I've kind of been able to get out of my head and more into the connections that I have with other people, which has been fabulous. Okay. Another thing I needed to hear, Nancy, are you sure you weren't just supposed to be here for me? Wow. You're really good at this. Let's just oh, let's just give you a big applause over here. You are really good. Um, Nancy, I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you very much for being on the show. You're welcome. It was great. Not totally related to the podcast, but I absolutely adored Nancy's laugh. She was such a fun person to get to know on top of her incredible wealth of information. I have linked to everything Nancy that she has to offer for you because if you're like me, there's definitely a lot where I, there's a lot more I want to know about where to take this. Some takeaways for me is that I loved hearing about how my emotions can play an important part in my thoughts and how to change my thoughts and accepting and acknowledging them and feeling them, actually feeling them seems like something I really need to work on and will be really revolutionary for me in my personal life. I'd love to hear what you thought about this episode. On my Instagram page at About Progress, you should be able to see photos of these interviews. So I do promo pictures of each episode. So that way you can click on them easily and find them on my page and be able to share with me and other people what you learned from this episode or any other follow-up questions or comments you might have. I hope that's an easy way for you to share how the show is influencing you. And it also helps me so that I can better direct the podcast to help you. So I hope you can engage with me there at About Progress. And I'm also on Instagram and Facebook at About Progress too. I hope giving your biggest fan voice more presence in your life and really working on yourself in a way that comes from love. I'll join you next week for another great episode. And and until then, friends, remember life is about progress, not perfection. Bye-bye.